Oh. Is that that? Okay. Welcome back to IbleTuddy.net, Bible Study Without the Baloney Sandwich. Uh, this is a part of our series on uh, a closer look at 1 John 1 9. And we're going to talk about what it looks like to be out of fellowship, according to 1 John 1 9. Uh, but first, I, I wanted to clarify from our first part. Um, my dad actually asked a good question, uh, and, and he was talking about. Um, the fact that we pointed out the fact that there's not even any mention of asking for forgiveness in this passage in 1 John 1. It doesn't actually even say ask for forgiveness. It just says if we confess our sins to him. And so what is it? What is a confession? You know, if you were to ask a murderer for their confession, you know, you're asking them to admit that they did it right to admit you're guilty. So if you admit you're guilty for sin, you know, that that was part of the passage. If you admit you're guilty rather than denying you're guilty of sin, because you got to right. see it from God's vantage point, as Melissa said, to repent, you have to see things from God's view. And that's what the spirit of God teaches us to do. We start to see things from his point of view. So if we admit we're sinners, then, you know, that our change of mind comes into play. But once you've once your mind has been changed, you've been made right with God and the blood of Jesus Christ, which is the most potent, perfect blood ever shed on this earth has washed you clean. What's left to admit? Do you still have something to admit to God for? You shouldn't because you've said, I'm a sinner. I have sin in my life and I need a savior. Does God really not know? I mean, he says he will remember it no more. You're forgiven as far as he's from the West. Do we really need to remind him anymore? He knows that we realized our sin. You know, it's like we're, as Christians, the spirit of God is teaching us how to live upright lives. The grace of God, according to uh, what Paul wrote in Titus, is what teaches us to, to live upright lifestyles and to live sin free. And then uh, and, and Paul actually wrote that the law actually increases sin. And so if we want more sin in our lives, let's log our sins and let's follow rules like that. Let's create our own rules. Kind of like the big sign that says, whatever you do, do not push this big red button. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So do you want to do you want to log your sins and increase your sin more? Do you want to focus on your sin? Do you want to meditate on it day and night when you could be doing what the scripture actually teaches and focusing on Christ and his glory and his splendor and what he's done for you and just say, thank you, Lord, that that's amazing grace. Thank you. Thank you. I want to do what the scripture tells us. And ever since we came uh, ever since the Lord brought us to this realization. I have never felt so much peace. Yeah. Which is a big reason why we're doing this. And I mean, we want truth out there, but we want everyone to have that peace. There is no peace in being constantly under guilt and constantly uh, feeling like you don't know if you've been forgiven. There's none. Yeah. And you, you can't experience the abundant life no. in Christ if you're if you haven't settled the sin issue. The sin issue is critical uh, that we have to realize this in, in order to be able to go on to maturity as Christians and stop stop suckling on spiritual milk and eat meat. You know, we, we need to be able to read the Bible and 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 take in the the meat of the scripture and understand what the meat is, the depths 
of God's love is what the meat is. That's what feeds us spiritually. It's the depths of God's love. And how can you understand the depth of his love if he's constantly in your mind still punishing you and still looking down at you and still judging you on a regular basis? That part's over. You know, the when, when you're sinning, you're grieving yourself. Like we talked about that passage, you know, you, you, it talks about, uh, he was talking about sin and he said, do not grieve the Holy Spirit, the Apostle Paul said. Uh, the reason we don't want to grieve the Holy Spirit is because it's part of us. It is us. We're, we are the Holy Spirit. We are the Spirit. We're one with God's Spirit. The Spirit of Jesus Christ is living inside of us. We've been made one with that. And so what are we doing if we're if we're not focusing on that and we're focusing on stupid things and wrapping ourselves up in sin? What good is it? It certainly does. It's a distraction. Yes. And it certainly doesn't feel good anymore. We've heard um, one. We've heard it said. And uh, well, first of all, in the Gospel of John, it talks about that. how The spirit is in us and we are in the spirit. Um, and we've heard it said that once Christ, you have his heart and he's living in you, it just doesn't feel so good to drag him around over into your sin. Yeah. You, <laughs> when you know he's right there with our you. Our heart has changed. And the more, more our minds are renewed, the more, re- the more we wake up to realize. Sometimes our minds will make us uh, think that we want to sin, but our hearts are never producing that. Because Christ is in our hearts, and and our heart is teaching our mind, and our heart is actually uh, as as we've gone through in, in some of the past uh, studies, is that uh, our hearts, according to Scripture, can can produce thinking. You know, we can think from our hearts. It, it's pretty wild, but uh, the the sin doesn't come from our hearts. It comes from a from a lack of uh, renewing of the mind. And so because we are still part of this fallen world. Right. And so why did Paul say be transformed by the renewing of your minds? It was because that's how that's how we're taught by grace, as he said in Titus, uh, that we learn from grace to live upright lifestyles. It's the renewing of our minds that learn to follow our heart. And we start to understand what's in our heart. We start to realize what the Savior did for us, what God did for us, and who He is, and how much He loves us, and you know they they don't say cry out Abba Father, meaning Daddy Father for nothing. I mean He's Daddy. You can come to Him with anything, and you can you can you can come to Him always knowing that He fully accepts you, fully accepts you. He's not counting anything against you. It's like the ultimate perfect relationship, uh, only because He's made it that way, but. You know, we're actually talking about fellowship here. So that's let's dig into the out of fellowship as described in first John 1 9, because he talks about fellowship. He says, That which was, we'll read it again, that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked at, and our hands have touched. This we proclaim concerning the word of life. The life appeared, we have seen it and testified to it, and we proclaim to you the eternal life which was with the Father and has appeared to us. We proclaim to you that we have what we have seen and heard so that you also may have fellowship with us. And our fellowship is with the Father and his Son, Jesus Christ. We write this to make our joy complete. This is the message we have heard from him and declare to you, God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. If we, if we claim 
to have fellowship with him, and yet walk in the darkness. We lie and do not live out the truth. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins and admit that we're sinful, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. If we claimed we have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar and his word is not in us. So is God uh, is God light? And is there any darkness in him at all, according to this passage? He is light and there is no darkness in him at all. So if you have fellowship with him, as they're declaring, they want them to have fellowship with them who is with the father and with the son. That means there will be no darkness in you at all. You'll no longer be in the darkness. Right. So can we have fellowship with God and, and walk in the darkness? No. No, it'd be impossible because there's no darkness in him at all. So when you have fellowship with him, you become part of the light. So if you continue to, okay. yeah, you can't walk in the darkness at all anymore. It says if we claim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live out the truth. So you're you're not living out the truth. You're you're you don't have the truth. You don't understand the truth if you're still walking around in darkness. In other words, not understanding the gospel. You know, you're in the dark. The gospel sheds light on your life. It's the light. Christ is the light of the world. So what if you uh let's say you have you're a Christian and you have a friend who says they're a Christian. You guys go to church together. And all of a sudden, your friend starts telling you about how every uh, Saturday night they're going out and they're being unfaithful mm -hmm. to their husband or wife. And they seem just fine with it. And they're still coming to church. They still proclaim to be a Christian. Would you say that they have fallen out of fellowship? Well, you just said uh, you just said that they seem just fine with it. Mm -hmm. So they're clearly not uh, realizing their sin. According to if we claim to be without sin, we have deceived ourselves and the truth is not in us. Or if we claim we have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar and his word is not in us. So maybe maybe his view, this person you're describing, maybe their view on sin is wrong and maybe they've never really fully re repented in the way that they really realized that they were a sinner and really reached out to the savior could be that but you know like we had talked about in a in a past uh, uh study you know if if you're if you're going to base your fellowship on your on your deeds and works then all of them have to be perfect right so we can't judge it solely on that the apostle paul would have would have uh, would have brought them back around to the truth of the gospel, you know, and and tried to wake them up through a a, a real repentance, you know, a real like, changing. Of come on, mind. did you do you realize how you know if they were a Christian? Do you realize how far you came from? And you know what what is going on? You'd you'd have to figure out you'd have to figure out what's going on and what they're thinking in order right. to help them. It's Maybe. not a matter of correcting their behavior. <laughs> It's it's a matter of what they're thinking. It could be that they bless you, by the way. Yeah, I'm sorry. 
No. And so uh, it, did, it could also be that they, um, you know, they might be justifying it in some way and torturing themselves. Yeah. You know, because um, it doesn't feel good anymore to sin when you're a believer and you can yep. fake it that you're fine. But yeah, so there's there's different be, answers. There could be a lot of pain in, in the heart of that person. Right. You there's know, different, we, people get wrapped up in things. There's different reasons, you know, different uh, answers to what could be going on. But one of them is not that they are a Christian and they have that they were a Christian and they fell away mm-hmm. because that biblically we're told that doesn't happen. Yeah. So but that, you know, that's kind of uh, a little bit off the topic, but we'll uh, that's OK. It was, a, it was a good it was a good mention. But the bottom line, based on what you brought up there, is that, you know, we're, we're not going to be judging this person based on their actions. We have to find out what their understanding of the gospel is. And if you were going to help that person, you would help lead them to a better uh, to grace, to understanding, because there's there's probably something in their thinking that's off that uh, God hasn't renewed their minds on, or maybe they just never were in the first place. It's hard to say, but, you know, I'm not going to say that because of their actions. Um, you, you would have to find out more because, you know, Christians still sin mm-hmm. physically. So getting back to the fellowship, uh, to the, we were just reading about Christians uh, walking in darkness. Uh, we can't. We can't walk in darkness anymore. And so it, actually in Second John chapter 1, he talks about this fellowship thing. He says, to the lady chosen by God and to her children, whom I love in the truth. And, and now this, 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 who he's writing it to, just a side note, is kind of interesting. Some people have interpreted it as like a group of people, like the church was a lady chosen by God and the children were the members. Uh, but anyhow, um, he writes, nonetheless, the topic that he writes on, it says, whom I love in the truth. And not only, not I only, but also all who know the truth because of the truth, which lives in us and will be with us forever. Grace, mercy, and peace from God, the father, and from Jesus Christ, the father's son will be with us in truth and love. So he's saying that the the truth, which lives in us and will be with us forever and that he's talking to a, a Christian audience there, obviously. Um, and so, you know, clarifying that with passage uh, uh, verse one six, you know, if we claim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in darkness, we lie and do not live out the truth. So, you know, we 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 aren't a believer if we walk in darkness. This is the point of that. Can you can you see the connection there? And walking in darkness, that means unbelief. Yeah. And so he's he's saying the truth is not in us. What's the truth? The truth is Christ. Right. Basically, what he's saying is that if you're walking around in darkness still, you haven't received the truth. You didn't get the message. And so that could be what your example, you know, of, of this guy going around having affairs, that could be the case. He could be claiming to, to be a Christian but not have the truth right? or, or he, his mind is just not renewed and he needs some, you know, maybe some saint will come along and help him through God's 
through God's grace, you know, because God has to teach us. All of our teaching comes from God. We need to we need to get our updates from God. If it's not something, you know, if we start putting our choosing in, into that mix and faith in our choices into that mix, we we don't do any good to anybody at all. Well, I just think it's important to point out that the darkness is is unbelief. And with my example there, I um, I know people have asked me time and again, questions about that, like, well, this person goes to the boat and, you know, gambles regularly. So they must be in darkness. So they must not be a Christian, but they said they were, so they must have fell away. Mm -hmm. But no, we have to realize darkness is unbelief. Right. So if you're, if you're judging that person, you know, you're, uh, you're actually just casting a stone, you know, Jesus, when Mary Magdalene was on the ground, he said, let he who has no sin cast the first stone. So you're looking at a prostitute and judging her. But, uh, you know, another thing Jesus said is, uh, judging your, the speck in your brother's eye when you have a log in your own, you know? So, I mean, even as, even as Christians, you know, those those words can can have have some meaning because you're going around judging other people's actions. It's not the actions that we're looking at as Christians. It's, you know, of course, we're going to persuade each other to go on and love. But but why? Why are their actions so bad? Why are their actions not right? And it's it, we got to go into something spiritual in order to 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 learn more about that. You have to learn more about where they're at spiritually, because uh, the spirit of God doesn't work through law and through obedience. You know, you're, you're not going to you're not going to take them to a how to stop gambling clinic and they're going to learn all about how to not gamble and become perfect. The, if, if they were going to be cured of, of a habit that was no good for them, it would be through grace and it'd be uh, through Christ and in their hearts. And so, you know, that that's how we help each other as Christians is by speaking spiritually to one another, not not in, not in 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 words that like every other human would, would would be using, you know, come on, come on, brother, you got to you know, you got to go just get some counseling for this. And, you know, maybe they need that, but but they they need Christ in order to correct them in order for it to stick. Yes. So, uh, according to verse one eight, can can we claim to be without? If we claim to be without sin, is the truth in us? And verse one eight says, "If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us." If we claim to be without sin, we're claiming we have no need for a savior. Yeah. So we have no gospel if we're going around claiming to be without sin, and so. You know, if you if you asked a, another Christian, and I've I've actually had this happen once before. We were at a Bible study, and I and I asked the leader, you know, do do you have sin, and do you still sin? And his response was, not that I'm aware of. That's concerning. <laughs> That's concerning <clears throat> because uh, you know I wasn't asking him in in the eyes of God. I was asking him in in actuality. You know, do you, do you have sin? And so that's a little concerning. Right. I'd be a little concerned because John's saying the truth isn't in us if we claim that. Uh, what did we just learn having the truth in us means? You know, it means the gospel. According to verse 110, if we claim we have not sinned, is his word in us? No. We make him out to be a liar and his word is not in us. His word is his promise. His word is Christ. Christ is the promise. So if we claim we have not sinned, 
when we sin. You know, we're we're just lying, making them out to be a liar. So if we know we're, you know, people out there, you know, justifying sin, there's a lot of that going on these days. People proclaiming different sins are it's okay because it's, you know, it's uh, it's it's, you know, the, the common lingo out there, you know, is is that if it's good for you, then good for you and bad for me, you know, whatever. But, you know, you're calling God a liar. If, if you're if you're if you're doing something that the scripture tells you is a sin and you're saying it's not, then the truth is not in you, is what John's saying. So we have to be careful justifying sin. We have to be careful if we're justifying something that Scripture says is sin. Can the blood of Christ cleanse us from any sin? Absolutely. But we have to be, (laughs) if you're going to lead somebody and you're going to teach somebody Scripture and you're justifying sin, you're lying and you're you're deceiving people. And if you're teaching uh, people as a pastor, you know, you should be uh, you should be ashamed of yourself if you're going around promoting what we know to be sin in the scripture. That's terrible. <laughs> That's just a, a terrible thing because you're making God out to be a liar in front of your whole audience. And the truth isn't in you because you haven't even repented if you're going around still saying that that's OK. And what does he says? Um, if If one of you harms. Um, one of my children, it'd be better, you know, that verse, it'd be better that you weren't born. Mm -hmm. You know, if one of you leads my children astray, he's pretty severe about that. He doesn't like his uh, words getting twisted. So, I mean, the bottom line is, you know, can, can we be regenerated? Can we have the Holy Spirit if we refuse to uh, acknowledge how God sees our sin? No, we can't. You have to acknowledge it. You have to realize you need a savior. So there's this interesting thing where he forgives you of everything, but it's not until before you realize it. And so there's a change of heart, like we've described. And God changes your heart. And then then you see what's going on and you're like, then you all of a sudden the mirror of the law comes out and it's it's intense. Because you're like, whoa, I've never seen myself this way before. So how do you and it changes your heart is is new because God gave you a new heart and it, it changes everything. And so what uh what they're teaching here in this passage is a spiritual teaching. What they're teaching you is is a true repentance. What they're teaching is a, a true transition. When you really realize sin and you really realize your need for the Savior, that's how you're born again. And so what they're telling us here is if you're going around denying these things, if you're going around acting like sin isn't sin and promoting sin and saying, oh, sin is the is the new thing. Uh, you're old school. you got to start believing that sin is cool like us and uh, let it all hang out kind of thing. And uh, that's that's not how you're regenerated. That's not how you're born again. And so if you're a pastor teaching those things. Uh, all you're doing is continuing, uh, you're allowing your audience to continue spiritually dead. So you might as well be preaching to zombies. You know, every preacher out there is ultimately preaching to a bunch of spiritually dead people. But if you want uh, them to come to life and if you if you want God to make them come to life and uh, he's not he's he's not going to bring anybody to, to life through a spiritually dead pastor who's preaching sin all wrong. <laughs> doesn't work that way you know how how can we have life 
you have to hear, you have to, you have to be taught life by somebody who has it. So if your pastor doesn't have spiritual, spiritual life, you're not going to learn about spiritual life from him. So take a, take an examination of, of what's out there, you know, does this person have spiritual life? Pray for the Holy Spirit to show you. Yeah. Amen. So that concludes this episode about, I think we know what it means to be out of fellowship, out of walk in the darkness, not walk in the light. And uh, the, the, uh, the bottom line here is that, you know, you can't be in and out of it. Uh, it's not something we bounce in and out of every day. And God's happy with us one minute and mad at us the next. What we're reading here in this passage in John is that uh, it's a permanent fellowship and that it, it's beautiful and that we're in light, not in darkness. And in the darkness, you're going to stumble over things all the time. And uh, so the, the next series, we're going to be talking about in fellowship as described in 1 John 1, 9. And we'll see what it looks like to be in fellowship. So stay tuned. And uh, again, you know, if you wanted to get this study guide and take a closer look for yourself, you can go on ibletuddy.net. And uh, uh, don't forget to subscribe to us on YouTube to help support the mission. Thank you. And we will sign out for now and on to the next one. Thanks for joining ibletuddy.net, Bible study without the baloney sandwich.